That's it. How is everybody? Yeah, I was less than enthusiastic. So, oh, oh. <laughs> well, um, I'm glad you're here. I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much for asking, and uh, um, so uh, excited to share with you. So, uh, we are in a series we started a couple of weeks ago where we are talking about. Uh, fruit of the Spirit, and uh, we've titled the, seri- the series Got Fruit, and I think there'll be a little slide up on the screen up there that lists them, and um, I know they're kind of small, um, but we are going through that list each week, and one of the things we learned um, from the beginning is that the fruits of the Spirit um, are not so much things that we kind of work on or develop in ourselves, but they're things that the Holy Spirit, when we come to faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, it, there are things that the Spirit starts to work on, and you maybe begin to notice uh, that things are changing and some of these fruits might be growing um, as Jesus, you know, seeks to create something new in your life. And uh, it, it's also possible that what you're going to experience is Uh, in this series is that there may be a fruit or two where you think, you know what, that's something that I really like the Spirit to to be working on in my life. I think he needs to be working on it. So, um, you know, you may be asking him to do so. So today we're going to talk about joy. That's exciting. So I found some joy jokes, all right? If you replace your morning coffee with green tea, you can lose up to 80% of what little joy you have left in your life. (laughs) Resemble that remark. Last night I was jumping for joy and yelling and my wife came over to ask me what was going on. I yelled out, I just won the lottery! Pack your bags! She got really excited and said, Where are we going? I replied, What do you mean we? I gave a homeless man $100 today. The amount of joy I felt when he put the gun away was priceless. (laughs) All right, grab a Bible. So we are uh, going to... uh, use our Bibles today a little bit, so I'm going to encourage you to grab one, and for now, turn to Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4, um, and then hold on to your Bible, because we are going to uh, come back to Philippians 4, and then also a couple of other places a little bit later. But uh, So I mentioned that we're going to talk about joy today, and uh, the fruits of the Spirit actually occur or are listed in Galatians chapter 5. Um, But we're going to read from Philippians um, chapter 4. And and the book of Philippians is written by the same author who writes about the fruit of the spirits, the Apostle Paul. Um, And Philippians is kind of an interesting book because Paul writes it from prison. And it's like the most positive book positive, uplifting, encouraging book um, you will ever find. And, and so I want to read a few verses, and then uh, we're going to talk. Verse 4 of chapter 4. He writes, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. 
Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do, and remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. Wouldn't that be nice? I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. So what's the secret? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. All right, here's our question for today. Uh, what brings you joy? Pretty simple question. Uh, we're going to take some answers, and if you'd like to answer it, you get uh, Flint or James' attention. They'll bring the microphone around. You just stand up, speak directly in the mic. We can do some brief answers today and, and uh, maybe include uh, quite a few people. So um, here we go. Uh, family. Thank you, Julie. Who else is willing to share? Good morning, church family. Um, God's creatures, big and small, squirrels, bears, butterflies, you just name it, they give my heart joy. Huh. Thanks, Jenny. All right. Hello, I'm Galen. Uh, what brings me joy is acceptance, unconditional acceptance. Hmm. Thank you, Galen. Very nice. All right, we got hands and people over here. Yep. Hi, my name is Jamie, and what brings me joy is creating new life. Ah, thank you, Jamie. Hi, my name is Sarah, and um, joyful, joyful for my kids. And definitely my garden. I'm so excited to get in there, even though it's probably underwater again after the rain. Yeah. And I'm grateful to see, I'm watching myself grow and see my progress. And, and I'm seeing like so many people that I used to be on the streets with growing and being different people. It is so emotional and overwhelming. And I'm so proud of everybody mm. and myself, finally. Like it took so long. So every single person had a part of it. I'm so grateful for them. That I finally have joy because I was so sad for a long, long time. So, all right, thank you. Have yeah, thanks, Sarah. <laughs> all right. Making flint work here. Good morning. My name is Damaris. Um, the Lord waking me up every morning and then just living life every day. Huh. Very nice. Thanks, Damaris. Good morning. I'm Darcy. Um, what brings me joy is watching other people have pride in themselves. Hmm. Ah, nice. 
Anybody on the other side of the room? All right. What brings me joy is watching kids learn that it's not about winning, but it's about having fun huh. and stopping the competition mindset. Huh. Thank you. The one I find so moving is um, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace with exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Jesus Christ. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my belief and my need. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. All right, one more. Anybody else? Okay, um, Tara over here. We'll wrap up with Tara. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> So I'm Tara, and I love my kids, but a day without kids. And since Mother's Day is coming up, hit hint. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Tara. Um, So um, I love the answers, and um, I hope you spend a little time thinking about joy and what brings you joy today. That's kind of what I'm hoping for us all to do uh, today and this week. Um, I've been doing some reading uh, lately in the book that the Thursday afternoon group is using. Uh, the title of the book is The Life You've Always Wanted. It's not only the best book I've ever read about uh, spiritual disciplines, but it is one of the best books I've ever read. It's written by John Ortberg. And uh, he has a chapter in the book on the spiritual practice of celebration And he speaks a lot about joy in that chapter. And he has a few quotes that I want to share with you today. Um, And uh, the first one is from him and then um, just a, a couple of others as we get started. He writes, We will not understand God until we understand this about him. God is the happiest being in the universe. God also knows sorrow. Jesus is remembered, among other things, as a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. But the sorrow of God, like the anger of God, is his temporary response to a fallen world. That sorrow will be banished forever from his heart on the day the world is set right. The rest of his quote is going to be on the screen. Joy is God's basic character. Joy is his eternal destiny God is the happiest being in the universe. In John chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. And yes, your joy will even overflow. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Lewis Smead's a theologian, uh, once said, To miss out on joy is to miss out on the reason for your existence. C.S. Lewis said, Joy is the serious business of heaven. There was a a great um, theologian and author by the name of G.K. Chesterton, and he wrote um, what is one of my favorite quotes of all time. That's a paragraph. It's a little long to put up on the screen, so I didn't do that. But I just want you to listen for a little bit about what he has to say about God and joy. 
He writes, because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again, and the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exalt in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exalt in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy, but we have sinned and grown old, and our Father in heaven is younger than we are. Isn't that a beautiful quote? Paul, in the passage that I just read, says, Rejoice in the Lord. Again I say it, rejoice. What I want you to know is that when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, whether you're at the beginning of that or down the road or exploring it, wherever you're at, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus begins to take over your heart. He begins to work on the inside out. And he's going to be bringing joy into your life because he is the joy bringer. So I want to talk with you about joy today. Uh, the Greek word for joy is kara. Um, be up on the screen. That um, X-A-P-A is um, actually pronounced kara in the Greek language. And um, it means joy. Usually, uh, when I define joy, I contrast it with the word that um, we more often use in our everyday language, and that is the word Happiness. And um, if you've been here over time, you've heard me kind of distinguish between these two words. I define happiness as an emotion based upon your external circumstances, okay? So we can be happy one moment, unhappy the next. It kind of depends on what's going on around us and how we react or respond. Joy is something different. Joy is an internal sense of well-being that is actually based upon the condition of your heart. And joy in you, especially the joy of the Lord, um, is not so much dependent upon the external circumstances. Oh, it can influence it. But the joy of the Lord is something in you that, that this is what Jesus is trying to create, something in you that can make you feel okay um, even in the midst of, you know, things not going so well around you. Uh, here's what I believe the joy of the Lord is. The joy that Jesus brings into your life when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to mess with you on the inside um, and changes the way that you think, it, it begins to kind of demonstrate itself in, in, this, in, in this way in you. Uh, what it does is it gives you this sense that, you know what, I'm Okay. Um, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Turn and tell somebody, I'm going to be okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, 
it's kind of like literally just that sense that, that the more the joy of the Lord grows inside of you, the more that you have this sense that, okay, um, I'm going to be okay. Now, Paul has the joy of the Lord um, when he writes uh, the book of uh, Philippians. And um, it's uh, what he tells you um, and gives you um, is this sense that, you know, even in the midst of chaos, uh, you can have joy in the Lord. How I praise the Lord, verse 10, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. I know you have been concerned for me because I'm in prison in Rome is what he's saying. But you don't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. For I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it's with a full stomach or empty. With plenty or little. What's the secret? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You hear it? You know, no matter what's going on around me, I'm going to be okay. Because there is something in me that... Nothing in this world, nothing in this life can rob me of. Wow, that's, I, I would like that. Some days I got it. Other days it seems like the Lord has more work to do. Yeah. You know, even um, in the midst of, you know, all the, the things that we go through, especially in this Lighthouse family, you know, we can know something that is, you know, inside of us that will give us that sense that I can be okay. So um, I decided, um, as I was preparing for, for today, I, was, I decided I'm just going to make a list of um, what I, I kind of sense the joy of the Lord inside of me kind of gives, and I'm going to share it with you. And, um, you know, so I'm just going to kind of share a bunch of things that um, here's what the joy of the Lord, you know, can mean to you. And, you know, some of them may stand out to you uh, because, it, you know, it's where you're at in life. Um, others of them maybe not so much today. Um, so, so here's the list, okay? It's going to take a while. <laughs> the joy of the Lord inside of you can mean peace in chaos. I'm going to be okay. It can mean gratitude when life is falling apart. It can mean hope and closeness to Jesus in your suffering. It can mean strength when you are weak and when you want to give up. Should we keep going? All right. When you are struggling with sin, it can mean that you know that forgiveness is certain and that change is possible. When fear is overwhelming in your life, the joy of the Lord tells you that you are not alone. That God is greater than any fears that you have and that you can trust him. That's pretty cool. When you fall down, the joy in you can acknowledge, I have hurt myself. 
and perhaps I've hurt others. But it also gives you the strength to get back on your feet and to move forward. When your life is imploding, not that that's ever happened to anybody here, the Holy Spirit in you and the joy that he is creating is going to tell you you are going to be okay because God never gives up on you. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Somebody say, I will be okay. So there's more. We're not done, all right? Okay. Have you ever engaged in service and um, in helping another and there's this inner sense of well-being? Has anybody ever experienced that? Um, see, that's the, that's the joy that the Lord brings into our lives. It's almost like, like um, there's this inner sense of well-being that comes from giving of ourselves and serving. Um, that, that it's almost like joy releases this joy endorphin inside of us. Um, I kind of made that up. But it's kind of like that. Um, I don't know if that's biologically true, but it certainly is true from, from a spiritual standpoint. That, that when we get outside of ourselves and serve, that there is something in, inside of us that thinks, you know, this is helping me more than it's helping the other people. And then there are those times when things are right in the world. Praise the Lord. Once in a while those days come. Maybe not too often in your life right now. But there are those days when gratitude fills your heart. Maybe you experience the goodness of life like a beautiful day with sunshine on your face. Anybody stand outside for a little extra long this last week? Yeah. I mean, it's, it can almost, especially when you live here and you have winter for like 37 years, and, um, and all of a sudden it's like 73 and sunny out, like, oh. God, you are so good. I'm forgetting this 37 years of winter. The joy of a child. Uh, we have our granddaughter this, this weekend, and, um, and uh, it's, been, it's been pretty fun. Right, Maggie? <laughs> She's busy. Um, but, you know, I have, I have found that my grandchildren bring me joy most of the time. God is, God still is working, needing to work in me. You know, those things that just are kind of the goodness of life, the presence of loved ones, loved ones, Julie, yeah, right? Family, a good meal, a time of worship in the presence of family brings me joy. Learning to be more free in my worship to let what God is doing um, in here and in here to affect my time of, of worship and fellowship. Uh, my prayer, honestly, is that people would know um, this place, um, not just as a place where anybody can come, not just a place where you can get support and you know, you'll be accepted and you might get some help. Um, I want this place to be known as a place of joy. Like people walk in and it's like, oh, Something's going on inside here, you know? 
And um, not and it's and, and here's the deal. Um, I just want to be really clear. Um, we want to be known as a house of joy, not because we've got life figured out, because we know that ain't true, but because we have a faithful God who does, and we're growing. Man, there are so many things that, in the end, um, you know, give us joy. And I, I just want to talk about one that's kind of comes in the end. So I've been a pastor a long time. And I've worked with um, many, many, many people um, of faith who, you know, lived the best they could and they loved Jesus. They kind of knew their own sin and brokenness and they, you know, kind of managed through life and they got to, towards the end of their life and they realized, you know what? Um, the end is coming, but it's not the end. And um, it's, you know, it's going to be a new beginning um, and the joy of people kind of as they've walked towards the last days of life has been amazing. So um, I did a memorial service yesterday for Art and Pat Beckman, uh, who are part of our, our church family. Their family is right back there. Why don't you wave so everybody can see you? God, thank you for worshiping with us today. And, um, you know, I've known Art and Pat. I've told you that over the last um, some months. Um, I've known Art and Pat for some um, years uh, they've been part of this church and kind of supported our ministry the last years from a distance. Um, Art and Pat were 94 years old and when they died. They died of several months apart. One Pat last fall, I think it was um, Art this kind of winter spring, and they had their memorial service yesterday. And um, I was just thinking about about you know the richness of their life and faith. I mean, they loved Jesus. Um, had such an impact in our community and on so many people. And I'm thinking, um, you know, Art and Pat knew better than I know that you get to the end of your life, and it's like the, the next phase is going to be even better, and it's forever. That is joy. That is joy. The joy of the Lord that says, you know, I'm going to be okay. Even in my last days of breath here on earth, I'm, I'm going to be okay. So I decided um, it might be helpful also to spend a few minutes talking about the things that rob us of joy. You're going to know these things. Um, if you don't, um, you can take it from me because I know these things, not because I've studied this, but because I've lived it. And um, I've experienced it. Why is it in this church that we all have to learn the hard way? So um, here, are, here are three things that rob us of joy. They're going to be kind of big picture things, um, but I, I do hope that they're, um, they're helpful, and you'll be able to apply your own life to, to these, I think. First thing that robs us of joy is um, sin robs us of joy. Um, let's define sin as doing what I should not do, letting my sinful, prideful, controlling nature control my thoughts and actions. It's usually what gets us in trouble, and it's usually what gets us to Lighthouse Church. And uh, we all kind of know that. Um, um, the thing is, is that, is that um, when we are kind of struggling with some sin in our life, um, it tends to affect us spiritually. And it, it, it's like um, God kind of, you know, I don't think God moves further from us, but we tend to kind of back away from God 
and we experience you know, this loss of some of the things that he's trying to do in, inside of us. Um, I want you to grab a Bible and turn to Galatians chapter 5. And I want to I share with you um, something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, really, really quick. Um, this is um, chapter 5 of, in the book of Galatians is where Paul lists the fruits of the Spirit. And um, before he lists them, he kind of talks about the, the sinful kinds of things that, um, you know, we get caught up in all the time. And frankly, we will until our last breath on earth. I mean, these are just, it's just kind of the way life works. Um, but we can grow, right? Um, and some of these things can be less powerful in our life. Verse 19, it says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, uh, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and in case he missed one of yours, anything or other sins like these, right? Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Shared with you a couple of weeks ago that, that we misinterpret that often. We kind of feel like, uh, we almost read that like, um, so if we struggle with sin, which we do um, every day of our life, like God's ready to kind of yank his promises and boot us out. That's not what he's saying. Um, what he's saying is that, you know, when those things are kind of evident in our life, we tend to um, move ourselves further and further away from God and his kingdom. And if we're moving further and further away from God and his kingdom, then, then the Holy Spirit's not going to be able to produce the kinds of things that he's trying to work on in our life. And so when we get caught in, you know, sinful behavior, which we all do, you know, our, our job is to kind of move back closer to the Lord. And, um, you know, trust in his forgiveness. I already said that. And grace, but also that change is possible. And so sin separates us from God. It distances us from him. And it represses our joy. Represses our joy. When the Holy Spirit is in us, um, we tend to know if that's something going on, like maybe you or I do now, right? One more um, little section from Scripture. If you can turn with me to Luke chapter 18, there'll be a page number up on the screen again. Luke chapter 18. Uh, I thought of this story this week because it goes not only with um, the first thing that robs us with joy, it will go with the second thing that robs us of joy. Um, so I want to read uh, quickly the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. I love this story. Uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. It's Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 9. Uh, follow along. It says, <clears throat> Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not that guy over there. Have you ever thought that? I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of my income. 
But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even to lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God, and I would argue had the joy of the Lord inside of him. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exhausted. I love this story because it kind of turns our assumptions upside down a little bit. One who goes home with the joy of the Lord um, is, is the tax collector because he's able to, to count on God's forgiveness. He's been able to kind of wrestle with who he is and what he's struggling with. And let's, let's pray that he knew that change was possible because it is. I want you to know God loves you just as you are. And, and his forgiveness is available every day. His mercies are new every morning. And, you know, not only can you count on his forgiveness um, when you're, you know, give yourself a self-assessment self and are honest with yourself and with God, but, but you can know that he loves you just as much as he did the other day. And he doesn't love you any less. Just wants what's best for you. You're going to be okay. Say, I'm going to be okay. All right, we'll move quicker. The second thing that robs us of joy is self-righteousness. I think about the people in the church I've known who love Jesus, who try to live lives of service, but they are so caught up and focused on other people's sins and live with this judgmental heart that if there is joy in them somewhere, it hasn't told their face. Self-righteousness and a judging heart will rob you of joy every day. So here's the deal. If you're like me, you've probably got enough on your plate to focus and worry on your own side of the street. Maybe not worry so much about others. Third thing that robs us of joy, I'm afraid is neglecting our spiritual health. And uh, that's why a lot of us are here in this church. Um, it, uh, you know, not taking care of our own spiritual health or as many of us talk about our spiritual program uh, will put us in vulnerable places we don't belong or want to be in. And believe me, um, I know this, and believe me, I know you know this too. Um, I think that one of the things that often kind of causes us to neglect our spiritual health is we get so caught up in busyness and the things in this life and the work in our life and you know all the activities that we forget to take care of ourselves. Um, somebody recently reminded me, intentionally, um, that um, of a line that I know by heart. It's it's uh, it's in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, "What we have is a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition." Um, 
Paul might say it this way, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, he says this, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Take care of it. Jesus, the Spirit lives inside of you. Take care of it. Let it grow. Give it time. Take care of yourself. Because life has a way of, of draining our buckets. And so we take care of our spiritual condition. When, when we come before God, our emotions will often be determined by what we are going through. Um, what's going on in your life? Um, so you may be here today and you hear me talk about joy and you know, things in your life. You're kind of like you know, in the 73 days or the 73 degree day of sunshine and you feel good and you're filled with joy. But others of you uh, may come today before God and into this place filled with some sorrow or pain or regret or guilt or shame. Um, it might be that you're, you're here with anxiety um, or you're hopeful, or maybe humbled, um, overwhelmed, or grateful, um, wherever you are, here's what I want you to know. Um, joy is what God desires for you. Joy is what God desires for you. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says this. Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with rich food and soda pop. And share gifts of food with, that's the lighthouse version. Um, And share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared for this. Amen. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. I already said it, John 15, verse 11. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy, not your own joy, but with my joy, says Jesus, and that your joy will overflow. That is so exciting. So this week, you have an assignment. This week, we're going to focus on joy. We're going to focus on joy. We're going to think about joy. We're going to make time for joy. We're going to make a little room for some celebration of joy in our week. We're going to work to be in the day and in the moment. Because you see, you can't find joy in yesterday. Not real joy. Can't really find joy in tomorrow. You can find joy in today. That's why the psalmist said, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in today in it, right? And so, you know, learn to be grateful for what you have. Learn to focus on joy, to tell somebody about the joy inside of you, and to live in such a way that perhaps God's Spirit is going to work to do something new in you and me, delivering to us the joy of the Lord, which is and can be our strength. Amen.